Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Jahan speaks on not disconnecting from the Father. Good morning. Are you awake? I just want to say that the weather outside is illegal for the month of May. It's not okay. So if you guys could all get right with the Lord, we could pray in some 80 degree weather. Yeah, can you? Thanks. Thanks, love. This is my sugar with a little bit of coffee in it. Yes, sir. How are you? I'm not sure if Pastor Michael is still preaching or not in Argentina, but in the event that he is and he is still ministering, let's take a second and just pray for him. That sound good? Lord, we just cover him right now. We ask that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. We ask that your words would be his words. And that the lives of those um, under the sound of his voice today would be changed, would be healed, would be delivered. We ask for salvation. We ask for signs and wonders and miracles. And we ask that the fullness of what you intended for this appointment would come in Jesus' name. And we ask tonight for the crusade to be amazing. And we ask that there would be no complications coming home. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to jump right in. I have no jokes for you. So pastor is now a liar because he said I would have jokes for you. But I don't. (laughs) I just honestly have been um, so focused on what I was going to really say that I just forgot. So there it is. Now I got here at 840 and went, oh, shoot. And all the ones that I was looking up were terrible. So I was like, never mind. We'll just do it when they're good. We're going to jump right in. Um, Let's start with John 15. I want to start where I ended last time. I want to talk to you this morning about staying connected, about what that looks like, about not disconnecting, just where I've been and what I've been challenged. Um, You know, as a worship leader, we come in every week and we sing songs and The team is singing songs and we're singing lyrics and I'm privy, if you will, to know some of the lives of what's going on in the room. And sometimes you just want to shake people. You want to shake yourself and be like, just believe the words you're singing. If you'll just believe what you're singing, everything will be okay. And so I tell the team all the time and I've been saying it, I think, almost weekly for six months. Just just don't disconnect. Whatever song you're leading today, whatever lyric you're singing, just don't disconnect from it. If you'll connect to it, believe it, then something will shift, something will change. So I've been living there and um, just been in the gospels lately. How many of you watch The Chosen? Anybody watch The Chosen in the room? Wave at me. If you haven't watched it yet, watch it. It's incredible. It's a seven... A seven season show and they just finished season three they're working on season four 
Um, one of their hashtags is binge Jesus, and I do. I'm, I'm not trying to be churchy or spiritual, but I just feel so near to him when I watch it, and I just want to be close to him. So I've been watching The Chosen, and it's just been so good for my Bible reading. It's like, oh, oh, he meant that when he said that. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. He said some tough stuff that left him scratching their heads, and he's... Uh, Simple like that. Let's start with John 15. Should have had that open. Verse 1 through 7. I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends to the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life, in life union with me. Did you catch that? He's already cleansed us. Everything I'm going to talk about today is not about earning anything. That was done on the cross. Everything I want to present to you today is about staying connected so that what God intended to come through your life gets to you it's not about your effort it's not about your uh, performance it's about staying connected so you must remain in life union with me for i remain in life union with you for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine I am, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your father, when you, when your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my father. I love what Padre said when we were talking in, uh, in between service. Um, Nisi, will you come up here for me? Just hold my hand. You're such a touchy person. You love to hold my hand. This is my least touchy child. <clears throat> this is connection. Every hard thing I face, every decision I make, she's with me. Right? If she's Jesus and I'm facing difficulty, I'm walking through conflict, I'm faced with unforgiveness. I want to choke my boss at work, okay? Or I, I am the boss and I want to choke my employees, all right? Everything I do, I'm connected. And what I think we do really well, and we don't know that we do, is disconnect. So we can have permission to disobey. 
We can have permission to do what we want. We can process outside of his influence. I, I have the room now to make the decision I want to make, to disregard the instruction I know and, and yet claim I'm confused when really I'm conformed and I want to do what I want to do. Thanks, niece. All right, let's go to Matthew. No, let's not go to Matthew. Let's go to Philippians 4, and then we'll go to James 1. These are just very, very familiar passages of Scripture. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. It's an invitation, and it's a command. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Yet, we disconnect and give ourselves permission on the daily to worry and be pulled in a million different directions. And we blame stress, we blame our human nature, we say this is completely excusable, Jesus understands. Yet the command, the invitation is, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. It's very simple. It's very cut and dry. It only gets confusing when we insert our opinion. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. It's as simple as, I thank you that you hear me, that you see me, and you're working on this. And I'm done. I'm done with worry. I'm done with concern. I'm done spinning the plates. I'm done making everything happen. I'm done coming under all the pressure because I'm connected to the source of all power and all resource and all strength. But when I disconnect, then I quickly spiral downhill. And I quickly give myself permission to do so. It's like, I know this truth. I know what it says, but I disconnect from it. It doesn't inform the decisions I make. It doesn't inform how I treat my wife or my husband. It doesn't inform how I parent. It doesn't inform when I'm walking out tough stuff. It's just what I know to be the right answer, and I have it all up here, and I can tell you, you're not doing it right, but it does not dictate how I live. It's the perfect picture of religion. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's merciful, wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. The peace of God that passes understanding does not come if you don't release it. We want what the scriptures promise. We want peace that passes understanding. Right? We want our lives to be fruitful. And we're frustrated when we don't have peace. And we're frustrated when there is no fruit. But we've disconnected. James 1, 6 through 8. When you pray... 
you must believe and not doubt at all. Whoever doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and blown about by the wind. If you are like that, unable to make up your mind and undecided in all you do, you must not think that you will receive anything from the Lord. Well, Jahan, this is really hard. And are you telling me that I, I can never doubt again? No, what I'm telling you is if you're connected, if you're connected, then you can release it to him. Then all strength, all power, all faith flows from him to you. I'm not asking you this morning to be a better Christian. I'm not asking you to get it right. I'm not asking you to accomplish it in your own strength. I'm asking you to stay connected. I'm inviting you to not read this and go, oh, but it's okay if I worry. And it's okay if I doubt. But he says we can't expect anything when we ask doubting. So how do I ask not doubting? I ask holding the hand of the man who calms every sea, who yeah. is in the middle of every storm, who has all provision, who knows no lack, who has all resources, who knows the end from the beginning. When I'm connected to him and I'm aware that he is present and he is with me, it becomes easy to not worry. But when I disconnect, how quickly we forget. Let's go to Matthew 16. Jesus said to his disciples, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown, say disown, your life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. If you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. Even if you were to gain all the wealth and power of this world at the cost of your own life, what good would that be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? Michael and I went with Nisi on Monday, Tuesday, whatever day it was, to buy a car. I sat in the back seat. Nisi sat in the back seat. We took a little selfie. It was a moment. There was a man in the front seat who spoke Russian. Very difficult to understand, but it was very clear to see what was happening. He signed his name. He signed the title, handed it to my husband. Very, very short, few words. No, not a lot of discussion, just... Sign your name, here's the car, here's the papers, see you later, all right? The car now belongs to us. We, own, we have the title, we have the deed, we have the keys, right? This man is not going to show up in a week from now and say, can I take the car for a spin? Why? Because the car is mine. We dis, he disowned it and he gave it to us. It's our car. He doesn't get to show up when he wants and take it for a spin. He doesn't get to call and say, hey, I need to borrow it this weekend for a trip. He doesn't get to call and say, oh, I, I left my $100 bill in the 
uh, what's that called, glove compartment, I want it back. Sorry, car's mine, you gave it to me, everything that's in it. All right? He disowned it. It's never, ever going to be in his possession again. He's never going to drive the car again. He's never going to see it, never going to get another picture with it, never going to make another memory in it. He's never going to see the car again. He disowned it. If you want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your life. We don't make decisions on our own anymore. We don't make plans. We don't do what we want to do and tell God, please bless it or come along this journey with me. No, the journey is yours. I'm yours. I disowned my life. I gave you the keys. I gave you the title. You paid for it. I am in your debt. I am yours. Everything I have is yours. We say that in Christianese. We sing the songs. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. Just don't ask me for my money. Just don't tell me to forgive. But I give myself, I give myself to you. Don't tell me to be kind. To my stranger on the right, he just cussed at me and I'm coming after him. <laughs> but my life is not my own. To you I belong. I'm crying and my hands are raised and I feel all the emotions. But I disconnect on Wednesday when it's time to live it. I'm wrestling with God about this. I'm wrestling because... I keep hearing the Holy Spirit tell me to get low. I don't like to get low. It's uncomfortable to get low. I want to be right. I want to do it my way. And I want to tell you that you're wrong and that I am right. Specifically in the context of my marriage. This is how it goes at my house. When there is conflict, Michael asks, what have I done wrong? I ask, what has he done wrong? <laughs> it's, it's sad, but true. When we're in conflict, I'm calling Padre. Padre, Michael is doing this, and I need you to fix him. The last few conversations haven't gone that well. Padre, I need to talk to you. Okay. Padre, this is what's going on. Blah, 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 blah. What do I do? Well, he gives me a very short but precise list, and all I'm going to tell you is that it involves humbling myself. It involves not proving a point. It involves not retaliating. It looked like Jesus. <laughs> Which shouldn't be so surprising, right? 
But our human nature, our sin nature, our old nature is like, oh, no, I heard that. I heard how you asked me to, I'm not doing a thing for you. And Padre says, I really think if you do that, you're not going to get any uh, solutions. And I was like, okay. I also told Padre that everything he was telling me was not going to work. I mean, everything was straight Bible, but I was just telling him it was not going to work in my situation. My situation was unique. My situation gave me the permission to do it my way and not Jesus's way. <laughs> Looking back on the conversation, it's quite hysterical. But in the moment, I was very in my feelings. So after wrestling with Jahan for about 24 hours, I had decided everything he said was garbage. And I wasn't going to do it. And I get a text from Padre that said, just praying for you this morning because he, he does that. He prays. And he, he takes you to the throne of Jesus and it's really wonderful. Unless you don't want to do things the way that God wants you to do them. And so he texts me and said, I just really want to encourage you, not Jahan Solutions. Don't do this Shahan's way. And I was like, <laughs> I'd already made my mind up. I was not going to take the instruction. It was garbage. I wasn't going to do it. It was hard. It was much easier to fight back and act like a two-year-old. It was much easier to do that. It was difficult to swallow my pride and get low. He said, I just really just, Jahan's solutions, they're not going to work. You really want God's solutions right now. And I was like, Yes, I do. So he said, if you'll do this, I think you'll really see X, Y, and Z. And I was like, okay, Padre, all right, I'm going to do this. I mean, it's not going to work, but I'll do it anyway. I did it. Every single thing the man told me was going to happen has happened. Don't you hate that? Don't you hate to be wrong? But aren't you thankful? That when you work the word and you work truth, you get God's solutions. See, we want what God offers to us through connection, but we don't get that when we disconnect and we do our own thing. We don't get peace when we disconnect and worry. We don't get fruit when we disconnect and don't let him prune and don't let him lead. We don't get provision when we don't give and we don't trust, and we don't release. We don't get increase when we don't trust, and we don't give, and we don't release. And we're frustrated that we're not getting God's solutions and God's promises, but they're not activated when I'm disconnected. They only come through connection. All right, let's go to Luke 6. This is just full of good stuff right here. Read the Gospels. They'll kick you in the bootay. They'll set you straight. Most of it's Jesus' words, which is also encouraging. You know, it's not Paul. It's Jesus telling me what to do. Hard to discard that. Luke six twenty seven. But to those of you who will listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Just that one sentence. 
This is the one sentence. I mean, I'm struggling with the one sentence. You know, I drove Josiah to, to work this Friday. He started his first job. Jesus is alive and enthroned on the prayers of his people. Miracles do happen. He loves the job. That's the miracle. So I'm driving him to work. I'm on my way home, minding my own business, cranked my music. I mean, I am just loving life. I am celebrating my son, having a good day at work, making money because he won't be asking me for mine. And I'm pulling out of the Weigels. And apparently I was a little bit in the middle and didn't realize it, you know, and I have a very large van. And so this gentleman, I'm going to call him a gentleman, even though he did not act like a gentleman. This gentleman in a, in a truck uh, was trying to turn in, and I, it seemed to me he had plenty of room. Turns out he did, because he got in just fine. But he did not like where I was located. And so he said some very unkind, profane things to me as he pulled in the waggles. And as he did that, the holy jihad in me wanted to whip my van back in the waggles, hop my tail out the car, and say to him, that was rude. I am a lady, and you don't speak to ladies like that, and you need to watch your mouth. And I was convinced for about two seconds that that would have been fruitful and productive and changed the man's life. And then I realized he's clearly crazy and you shouldn't engage with crazy people. I also thought, this is going to do nothing. I just need to pray for him. But I felt, I felt that, ah, you know, road rage, which I don't feel a lot, but I felt it. And I had to make a choice in that moment. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to pray for him. I can't disconnect in that moment. I can't afford to disconnect from Jesus in that moment. It's not worth it. I don't want to offend the Holy Spirit because of how I deal with some joker who doesn't like where I park my car. I can't afford to lose it when the waitress takes really a long time to get me my ticket. And she does it five times wrong when she won't just listen to the five people that are on my ticket and she brings it five different ways. And I finally just snap and yell at her. And Michael looks at me and goes, we were so kind and so patient for so long. And you just lost it at the end. I mean, we, there's no, she felt no Jesus. She is left with what you just gave her at the end of the night. And I was like, shoot. It's, the, it's those things that we disconnect and we do what we want, how we want, and we excuse it by saying, well, Jesus understands. But, it's, but my life is not my own. I'm going to take more of what Padre said. Jesus died as us, not for us. We are not living for him. We want to live as him. So that when I'm in the restaurant, when I'm at Weigel's, when I'm parenting, when I am in a fight with my husband, when I am leading or I am following, I am as Jesus in the room. I behave like he would behave. I speak like he would speak. I forgive as quickly as he would forgive. Not disconnect. We know it all right here. 
but how often on the regular does it dictate how we live? That's just one sentence. Let's keep going. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. I mean, you've ever read the Facebook memes, you know, Jesus, he doesn't expect you to take it. He wasn't a doormat. You don't have to let people walk all over you. Okay, well, what do I do with, if someone strikes you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. I'm confused because I dismiss this. I don't know how to behave because I'm, I'm in opposition to what he's telling us to do. It's very simple. If someone takes your cloak, do not withhold your tunic as well. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Okay. But I worked hard for that and it's mine and it belongs to me. And I really want it back. Okay. Don't ask them for it back. Ask the Lord. God, so-and-so took my stuff. You told me I can't ask for it back. So I'm going to ask you for it back. Please convict their heart. Make them bring it to me or provide a new one. Right? I've actually heard crazy stories about people who who've been robbed from, their backpack got taken and just something special was in it. Their uh, their favorite uh, earphones or their Bible or whatever and they would just be like, God, they needed it more than me. They took it, but I'm just asking that they would bring it back and they come back and bring it back to them. But they didn't ask for it back. You know? Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them, expecting nothing in return. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Now you have to understand who Jesus is talking to. He's talking to a people who have been oppressed by the Roman government, who are paying such high taxes, they're having a hard time making it. They're persecuted, they're beaten, they're spoken to very unkindly, treated very poorly. They're in slavery, if you will. And Jesus is telling these people, I expect you to love them. They think he's coming as a strong military leader to deliver them and set them free and reign here on earth in a, in a kingdom we understand. He shows up offering freedom that looks like laying your life down and loving, not fighting back. If he can require that of them, he surely can require that of us. 
Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Verse 43, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Indeed, figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes from brambles. The good man brings good things out of the good treasure of his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil treasure of his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do what I say? Why do you call me Lord? but do not do what I say. Why do you say you're a believer? You don't believe me. Why do you say you follow me? You refuse to follow me. Why do you say you're a son, but I'm a giver and I ask you to give and you withhold? Why do you call me Lord, but do not do what I say? It's a disconnect, it's religion. If he's not influencing how we live and we don't look like him, then are we following him? Is he Lord? Are we his? Does my life really belong to him? Have I really disowned my life? Do you practice forgiveness regularly? I taught the kids in kids camp, I think it was the first or second year, it was back when this was like a normal looking sanctuary with the blue chairs and all the things and I remember it because it was just a download from the Holy Spirit, it marked me. I asked the kids that day, I said, hey guys, how would you feel about eating lunch and hanging out and playing and dancing in a room with toilets that haven't been flushed in a week? And they just looked at me, you know, made gross faces like you're making now but then they made all kinds of weird noises you know because that's what children do and I was like no come on doesn't that sound great and they were like ew no that's what our spirit looks like when we refuse to flush when we refuse to just nope not taking that bait forgive forgive gotta let that go gotta let that go if you let mine go, I'm going to let them go. It says, forgive and you will be forgiven. Forgiveness is not us looking at whatever was done to us and saying, that's okay. That's okay that you did that. That's okay that that happened to me. It's actually saying what Jesus did is bigger than what happened to me. It's bigger than what you did. It's bigger than what you tried to take. It's bigger than my sin and it's bigger than yours. So who am I to hold a debt when I want him to release my debt? But we want God's forgiveness. We want what God gives without doing what God says. We want to be forgiven, but we don't want to forgive. And each of us, like myself, is telling God why our situation is unique and exempt from what the word says to do. And we're completely convinced no, he understands. It's okay that I meditate on this for a minute. 
hold on to this, process it, share it with five people. It's okay. He knows. He knows. Yes, he knows. He was a man. And as a man, he forgave. And as a man, he stayed connected to the Father and he was able to forgive. He modeled to us what it looks like to be entirely man, connected to the Father who has all power and all grace and all strength for me to do what he's asking me to do. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit do not like pretense. It's like we say one thing and do another and it's like he doesn't see it when we do that. I, I confess this with my mouth. I tell people, I, I sing it, I say I believe it, but how I live couldn't be further from it. Yet my confession isn't, doesn't change. No, I believe, but I don't believe I worry all the time. I'm racked with fear. No, I trust God. Then why don't you give? No, I, I, I love Jesus with all my heart. Then why can't you forgive? I want us to be a people that live as Jesus in the room. I want my children to see how Michael and I process as when they read scripture. Oh. That's what forgiveness looks like. I want them to see forgiveness regularly in my house. It shouldn't be the exception. How I respond to the waitress. My kids did not see a great response that night. I had to tell them, I, t I blew it. I blew it. I just lost it. Paul and Chloe were there. I mean, I, I, there, there was probably 10 youth there. I mean, I just lost it. She yelled like a crazy lady over a ticket. And I didn't feel better afterwards. I felt worse. <laughs> you know? But I want them to see, I recognize the difference. I, I got to live what I preach. I got to live what I read to you. When I read this gospel to you and I put you to bed at night, our goal is to live like this, not just read about it and separate our lives from it. It's um, we're connected to this. He is our model. This is how we live, guys. We forgive because we're forgiven. We give because everything that's in our hands is his. Uh, who am I to say, well, I got to have all 100%. I got to have all this. Why would you ask me to give? When we withhold and say that we trust him, like that doesn't add up. And the Holy Spirit is confronting that in me. It, it's coming to me before it's coming to you. I'm reading these gospels going, oh, I don't do that. Why, why don't I do that? Why do I think it's completely okay for me to just disregard the very black and white clear instructions you've given me? Let's look at Romans 12. I know I didn't give it to you guys. 
That's okay. It's such a familiar passage around here. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. If you want to see the fruit of this book in your life, if you want increase, if you want a holy, happy, whole marriage, if you want godly kids, if you want favor at your job, if you want all the stuff this promises, it comes through connection. It's like a wide open fire hydrant of the goodness of God that you have access to. But when you disconnect, it's like putting a cap on it. I'm going, I got this. I'm going to do this my way. Prayer team, would you come on up front? These people love Jesus, they love you, and they wanna pray with you if you have anything in the room you want agreement on, anything. If you just want encouragement, they would love to encourage you and believe God with you. Don't leave here today if you need agreement or prayer for anything. Take advantage of family today. They're up here to be family to you. I wanna pray over you and bless you if you don't stay and pray, that's awesome. We bless you and send you on your way. Just, if you will, honor those that are up here praying and keep the conversation toward the back of the room. Father, we want to be connected to you. I really, we really want our whole life to be yours. I want how I speak to be how you would speak. I want to forgive as quick as you would forgive. In conflict, I, I want to release, I want to love, I want to bring peace, I want to bring order. I want my finances to scream of the abundance of God. We recognize today that outside of connection with you, that's impossible. But what futile ridiculousness to continue to claim a life that we don't live and be frustrated with the results we can't get because we're not connected, because we won't surrender that area or that thing or that place. 
So God, I'm just asking for bucket loads of grace to empower us to choose and to stay connected, to choose connection and to stay connected. That I would not let go of your hand and go handle something in my own strength, with my own mindset, in my own opinion, but I would quickly, much quickly than I'm doing it now, that I would get low and I would humble myself. That I would respond how you want me to respond. Thank you that you would never invite us to do something you do not empower us to do. That would make you mean and you're not. You are good. So everything you invite us in scripture to do, you empower us to do it. All over the room, would you just lift your hands right now to the Lord? Just present yourself again. Represent yourself as son, as daughter. Represent yourself as husband, as wife, as mom, as dad. Represent your finances. Represent your job. Represent your family. Holy Spirit, I just ask if there's areas of our hearts and lives that we're hoarding and we're withholding and we're frustrated in, I ask that you just shine a light on it right now. I pray for wives in the room that aren't honoring and aren't uplifting and encouraging that you would show them. It's not okay how you speak to your husband. And I pray for husbands in the room that you would show them how to love their wife like you would. And moms and dads in the room, I ask that God, you would show us, you would equip us through daily connection how to steward these precious gifts called children. cannot raise a godly seed disconnected from God himself. And so I'm asking again, God, when you see me try to disconnect, when you see me try to do my own thing, do what only you can do and pull me back in. God, I pray for those in the room who are destined for favor and increase in their jobs, but their pride is hindering them from getting low. And on the other side of their humility is favor and increase, but death comes first before resurrection. So I ask that for those in the room who need to die to themselves again in these places of their occupation, in relationships with people that there's been division where you're trying to bring reconciliation, would you show us so that we can willingly do what you modeled for us? We would lay down our life. 
I thank you that as we lay down, you stand up to fight. I just even heard as I was praying, someone saying, but God, if I, if I lay down, they're going to walk all over me and I, I can't do that. And the Lord's saying, I am your defender. I am your protector. I will fight your battle for you. I need you to get out of my way so that I can handle this for you. So I pray for the tired and frustrated hearts in the room that feel like I'm at the end of what I can do here. And God's saying, I, yes, get out of my way. I've got this. Holy Spirit, Jesus, just like as you, you breathed on your disciples after you left them and you came back to see them, and you breathed on them when they were tired and weary and felt disconnected and far from you, I ask right now that you would just breathe on your people, that they would know how near you are and that their bad choices don't disqualify them. This is never about earning. They have already been washed by the blood, but this is about choosing to stay connected. Just remind us again how good and how near you are. In Jesus' name, so be it. If you want prayer for anything, they're up here to agree with you. If not, we love you. Have an incredible week. We bless you. Cannot wait to see you again. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Redemption Life Church.